friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's really, really good to have you with me today as we spend more time talking about discipleship. Uh, so this is the third part three in, in three that I was going to do uh, on discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? What is the, the cost of being a disciple? What what the impacts of making yourself a disciple of Jesus? And in today's episode, we're going to continue that uh, conversation as we talk about what is it going to cost us to follow Jesus? Should it cost us anything or is Jesus in addition to our lives? Is there something else? Uh, it should be influencing this faith in Jesus Christ than it does at the moment. So that's what we're going to hop into. Now, if you've never read uh, Apprentice to Jesus, 40 Days of Walking in the Way, a book that we put out uh, just two years ago now, it was during the pandemic and it was during Lent. Uh, it's a great, great 40-day book Look, looking at the basics of what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus, to be an apprentice of Jesus. If you've never got a copy of that book and walked through the 40 days of walking in the way, I would love to encourage you to do that. There's something about taking a significant chunk of time and actually really asking yourself some difficult questions about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Love you to pick up a copy of that. And today's episode is going to really pick up on this theme of cost, the cost of being a disciple of Jesus. For many of us, uh, there isn't a huge amount of cost other than creating space to turn up to church. Uh, there's not much of a bigger impact. There's a lot of wins for us in terms of God being present with us. God transforming our lives, God a bit working our lives, God giving us what we need to keep on getting through life. Uh, there's all those wins, but actually there isn't much of the cost of what it means to be a disciple. And that's what we're going to explore today is the cost of following Jesus. So friends, I hope you find this uh, interesting. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, there are a lot more people that listen to this podcast each week than actually subscribe. Um, so I'd love you to subscribe and I'd love you to share uh, the episode. Let others know that it is here. But let's jump straight in as we talk about what is the cost of discipleship. Well, let's get a going. Friends, the church, Christians in the West, the church in the West has never had it easier. It's never been easier to follow Jesus. Uh, it's something that uh, you will never, you will not be persecuted for turning up to church on a Sunday. You will not be persecuted for praying. I've been recently reading about Daniel. You know, Daniel couldn't even pray. He was persecuted for praying. You can pray as much as you like. You will not get persecuted for reading your Bible. Um, but with that, the church at the same time has never been as lukewarm. Uh, there's never been a point where we as the church, you could argue, uh, have actually been less off the pulse of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is how do we live for him in such a way that it does cost us, uh, that we are living for more of him than we are of ourselves it's very easy to live for ourselves and want Jesus to make our lives better. So our prayers become about God helping us do what we are doing. 
but actually the call of a disciple is to follow him and in following him there's a cost there's a cost to that i want to start by telling you a story it's a story of a pig and a hen the pig and a hen decided they were going to set themselves up uh, in a little coffee shop and this little coffee shop was essentially going to be in the most poor area of town and they made this commitment uh, that they were going to make breakfast for the poor in their neighborhood they were going to make breakfast for the poor in their neighborhood but then the pig realized that it was going to cost him far more than it was going to be costing the hen the pig realized that the hen would contribute the eggs but the pig would have to give everything the bacon and the ham the sausage he literally friends had skin in the game we are in a dangerous place in the church that we have become people who consume uh, rather than those who contribute and certainly post-pandemic, many, many churches articulate in the same kind of thing. Uh, volunteering is down. Helpers for the ministries that they're running to serve the neighbourhood are down. Uh, people are tired and exhausted and they are coming home from work and they've got nothing to give. But out of the back of that, it means that there are less individuals around that are serving and contributing there's more people who come to church on sunday to consume now let me make this super 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 clear um, coming to church to receive is really important the church in, in many ways is a place for us to come like an oasis to receive what we need so that we can do life better but that life better isn't just so that we might do life better for ourselves we come to church to receive so that we might do life better for him uh, and serving others and friends there's seasons for us to consume there's seasons for us to need to receive from him because we are bucket empty but there's also seasons of creating and contributing rather than just consuming and it's this creating and contributing that each of us are called to in our relationship with God. Um, just think back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were placed in the garden to tend, dress and care for creation. They were there to be co-creators with God in the Eden, in, in this garden. They were meant to play their part with God. Um, the call of a disciple is to contribute into the work of the kingdom rather than just being consumers. But there's a danger that we are very much becoming consumers uh, we live in a consumeristic society and that has now influenced how we worship God uh, which I'll look at that a little bit more in a, in a minute but the chicken the chicken would contribute the eggs but the pig the pig literally had skin in the game discipleship is not about giving a contribution it's about giving everything I was in Iraq earlier in the year and I talked about this on the podcast before. There's an episode uh, from me um, earlier in the year when I, when I was actually in Iraq with Open Doors. We'd been there visiting the church, the bishops in Iraq as they build back after the war, after ISIS. And one of the people that we spoke to said something that I was really upset by. Upset by because it really peed me off. I felt that they were so wrong 
uh, I felt that I wanted to put them right. And as I sat with the words, I had to come to this realization that they were actually, they had hyperbole, but they were actually very true. And this individual said this, the thing is, Chris, your faith costs you time and it costs you money. But for us in Iraq, our faith costs us our lives. And I'm like, no, no, that's not true. In, in England, it costs us more than that to be a disciple. And I'm thinking about it going, well, does it? We live very comfortable lives. And because we're living very comfortable lives, now that does not mean that we don't go through traumatic seasons and moments and difficulties. And those seasons can be long, long term. Uh, but for the most part, we live in one of the countries that even though we're going through political turmoil, financial turmoil, energy crisis, we still live a very comfortable life. And because we live comfortably, um, it's it's possible for us just to fall asleep. And many of us do sleep on the job. We've fallen asleep. So this individual said, Chris, your faith costs you time and money. For us, it costs us our lives and friends I've had to come to the realization that is so true for brothers and sisters um, in the Eastern Church as well as other places it really costs them their lives following Jesus costs them everything it costs them their family it costs them their relationships sometimes it's cost them uh, for the person that they're married to it's cost them their jobs it's cost them their neighborhoods as they've had to move on it's cost them everything and therefore there's a challenge to us around counting the cost of our discipleship it is too easy for me to be somebody who consumes from those around me that are deep wells in their faith it's too easy for me to come to those who are rich in God to consume from them it's much harder for me to be somebody who contributes and somebody who is committed. Now, there's a passage that I have brought up many times with this podcast because in some ways it is one of the central passages in Scripture that gives us an idea from Jesus' own mouth what it means to be a disciple. And it is Mark 8:34. You may well have heard me talk about this passage before on this podcast. In Mark 8, Jesus is teaching a whole string of people who really love what Jesus has to say. These are individuals that will run around the lake to hear what Jesus has to say. They're fanboys of Jesus. They have the T-shirt. Uh, they are where he is. Uh, they are the people who are uh, desperate to be where Jesus is because they know that Jesus he gives them something that makes them feel more fulfilled in life. He gives them teaching that makes them feel enriched. Uh, he is essentially somebody who is going to give to them what they need. And they run around lakes to get to him. And in Mark uh, chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus says this, If you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, when Jesus says that, it says in the passage that he has got... Uh, the disciples and he's got the crowds around him these two groups of people disciples and crowds and the, it, it it challenges me that am I a disciple or am I part of the crowd 
I think there were people in the crowd who thought they were disciples, but they were not. They were nothing more than the crowd. People who were there to consume from Jesus because he was giving them something they felt that they needed. If you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus is surrounded by those who wanted to consume and not contribute. And Jesus says to move from being somebody who's a consumer to a contributor, uh, to go from being a consumer to a disciple, you need to pick up your cross and follow me. Since you die to yourself, die to your ego, your pride, uh, this idea of your own status, money, future, uh, dying to all the things that you think about yourself, that he may be the one that resurrects inside of you. Now this passage, Mark 8.34, it is a passage that I have been spending a lot of time with over the last six months. I'm at present doing my doctorate. I'm actually looking at how Jesus made working class leaders and we're looking at, uh, I'm looking at the Aramaic New Testament uh, that's the language that Jesus spoke. The New Testament that we have in our Bibles comes from the Greek. Um, I've been reading it in the Aramaic and just trying to get my head around what are the, some of the terminology that Jesus might have actually used. Uh, because when you're reading it from the New Testament, you're reading something that's been translated from uh, the Greek and Jesus didn't speak the Greek. So Jesus speaks Aramaic. It was translated to Greek or written in Greek. And then from Greek, it's translated into English. So you've got a whole multiple steps there. Uh, if you were to go straight to the Pinchetta, the Aramaic New Testament, that's what you call it, the Pinchetta, uh, we're going straight to the language that Jesus spoke. Uh, so I'm really interested to say, like, like, what does it say that Jesus says in the Aramaic? So in the Aramaic, when it, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, he actually uses this uh, Aramaic word. And I'm going to butcher it. Shewela. S-H-E-W-A-L-Y-A. And there's a theory that Jesus uh, uses this terminology. And that the word literally translates as apprentice. But it's an apprentice from the woodworking room or the crafts room. It's a craftsman and your apprentice to the, craft, the the master craftsman, which would totally make sense because Jesus was not a Pharisee. Jesus was, uh, as many of us believe, a carpenter. Actually, friends, he wasn't a carpenter. Uh, the Greek actually says he was a tecton, which which really would be stonemason. And if you go to the Middle East, you'll notice there ain't much wood around. It's a lot of stone. All the houses are built with stone. There is some wood, uh, but it's predominantly stone make more sense that Jesus was a stonemason knowing that region that he was in. The reason we translate it as carpenter is when the Bible was translated to English, um, we were taking Western understandings of what would be Greek uh, phrases. Uh, so it, it somewhat got slightly translated wrong. So Jesus wasn't a carpenter. I think he was actually a tecton, which is a uh, stonemason. Uh, so if Jesus was a stonemason or if he was a carpenter, either way, he was trained up to be a carpenter. He was apprenticed to somebody who was a master craftsman. You know, we kind of believe that it was his dad, Joseph. So Jesus trained as an apprentice to the master craftsman. So Jesus turns to those around him and says, if you would, if you want to follow me, you need to be an apprentice to me. Uh, pick up the cross and follow me 
which I, I find it really interesting that, that this may be uh, an interesting way of translating this from the Aramaic, be my apprentice. Apprentice is somebody who watches their uh, master craftsman so carefully that they too one day will become a master craftsman watching so intently that they're becoming like the craftsman and jesus says if you want to be my apprentice pick up the cross uh, pick up your cross and follow me well what is the cross the cross is the tools of the kingdom so it's a little bit like jesus says to his apprentices if you want to be my apprentice pick up your toolbox of the kingdom and follow me toolbox of the kingdom is is the tool of self-sacrifice giving of yourself costing you everything to be a part of the master craftsman uh, and and his work his kingdom so i found just a little interesting side thought discipleship is moving though friends if nothing else is from consuming to creating and costing us uh discipleship is moving from being a consumer to somebody who this thing costs them and they're creating and playing their part in the work of the rabbi jesus so let me just pull this in to become a little bit more practical for a moment we have sadly realized in the church that many of our churches and many of us have become consumers our churches have been driven by a consumer culture which is centered around uh, celebrity christianity and celebrity christians celebrity worship leaders there's there's something about following the big named and that's not necessarily new we know that during the time of jesus there was these celebrity rabbis that would travel around of which jesus started to become one of those Uh, but we've realized friends that many of our churches are full of people who are there to consume and not there to contribute there to consume the worship and that the way that that manifests uh, itself i hear this all the time people say oh i was really upset we didn't do my song this sunday we don't we didn't sing my song this week um i turned up to church and the worship leader didn't lead the song i wanted that's about consumption it's not about what worship is there to adore him through whatever songs are laid before us um so we've consumed our faith through consumeristic worship and um, there's a danger that we consume our sermons uh, sermons become a meal for us to eat for us to feel better by and we ask the question do i like the sermon that the preacher has preached to me today do i like it we don't ask ourselves what's it cost me what do i need to change because of this sermon did i like the sermon and uh, we've become co- uh, consumer christians through podcasts like this one there's a danger that this podcast itself may become something that uh, is nothing more than a thing you consume but nothing changes because of it we consume worship sermons podcasts we consume books we also consume people's hospitality the hospitality of churches you turn up you have your tea you have your cake you have your sermon you have your worship and you go home we treat the church as if it's a coffee shop to consume from we consume people's hospitality as they invite us into their homes but we never invite them back there's so many ways that we can consume people's hospitality friends there are seasons to consume and there are seasons to create and contribute There are seasons to consume 
and then there are seasons to become the hands and feet of Jesus. There are seasons, friends, to take the bread and wine out of Jesus's hands to receive his body and his blood poured out for you to receive his meal. Then there are times to go and be body broken and poured out for the healing of the nations. There are times to receive the, the Eucharist and there is time to be the Eucharist. There's time to receive Christ and then there's to be time to be, be Christ in the world, to become the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Friends, don't be like the hen who would only contribute the eggs. Friends, we're called to be like the pig, to literally have skin in the game. I find it quite funny on a side note that I'm telling a story about hens and pigs and saying how we should be like pigs when pigs were the dirtiest of animals in scripture. But isn't it interesting that God redeems all things? Even the pig is redeemed. Um, do you have skin in the game? I want to ask you a couple of questions as I land today. What has being a disciple cost you this month or in the last 30 days? What has being a disciple of Jesus cost you in this last month? Secondly, would anybody have noticed your faith? Has anybody spotted that you're a disciple of Jesus? Thirdly, what have you done that would have shown Jesus to someone else? What would you have done that would have shown Jesus to somebody else? And finally, what have you done to fall in love with Jesus this month? What have you done to fall in love with Jesus this month? Friends, I'm going to put those four questions in the show notes. There comes a time when teaching is over and you have to just live it. There comes a time when you have to stop listening to the podcast and actually get skin in the game. And my challenge to us as apprentices to Jesus, walking in his way, are to be people whose faith costs us everything. Remember those words from that believer in Iraq, your faith costs you time and money, but for us it costs us our lives. Is it costing you your life? So friends, I'm going to leave you with that challenge and with that thought. Has it cost you your life? Or is Jesus an addition to, to make your life go better? What has it cost you this last month to be a disciple of Jesus? Mark 8, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. I'm just going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come today recognising there are those of us that are living our lives with all the skin in the game. It's all in. This was a poker game. All the chips are in the center. We're living it all. There are others of us that are playing cards close to our chest. We've not uh, put all of it in and we're, we're holding something back. It's not costing us. We're here to receive. We're not here to put everything in. God, the only thing that's going to change that for us is a revelation of you 
your love, your death, your resurrection, and an encounter with your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we just simply pray, Holy Spirit, challenge us to put all the skin in the game. We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, until next time, grace and peace. Thank you.